Okay, let's get started here. This week's parasha is Parashat Vayikra. Now Vayikra begins a new sefer, the third sefer in the Torah. We already had Bereshit, we talked, spoke about all of the story of our Avot, Avotenu Akdoshim, Avam Yitzchak Yaakov, where we come from. Then we had Shemot, which is the birth of a nation, right? The birth and growth. We saw the growth of the Am Yisrael, of the Jewish people. To the point that they built the Mishkan, <coughs> and then we start Vayikra, which start exactly usage plus it also talks about korbanot. Sefer Vayikra, the Ramban tells us, mostly talks about korbanot, which are sacrifices, offerings, and things associated with them. So this week's parasha, the first parasha in the Sefer, which is Vayikra itself, talks about the different sacrifices, their alachot, and what makes each one unique and different. Now I'm going to tie back into that in a minute, but before we get back to that, I want to ask you a question. It's a bit of a funny question, but I want you to think about it for a minute. Mashiach's going to come, right? God willing, today, tomorrow even, maybe today. Mashiach's going to come, right? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Mashiach's going to show up, right? Let's say he's Ashkenazi. I mean, lo aleinu, obviously, lo aleinu. But let's say he's <laughs> saying, let's say Mashiach is Ashkenazi, right? He's going to show up, and what's going to happen? Half the people are going to say, that's not Mashiach. <laughs> and then, now imagine, it's, imagine, imagine, imagine for a second, I'm not going to insert other names, I can make fun of myself and nobody else here. So, he's some other group. Half the other groups are going to say, that's not Mashiach, it's a joke. So, 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 it can't be Mashiach. How could it be, possibly? <laughs> but as a serious joke, aside, jokes aside for a second, Lubavitch, you want to say Lubavitch? Give out, Shalom Shai is here, give out. What's going to happen? What's going to happen, Lumaisa? What's going to happen? Mashiach's going to show up. How, how, how is he going to be gather the people? How is he going to unite the people? If he drink all Yehudi, he's not Mashiach. If he he's not Mashiach. Right? If he cuts his beard, he's not Mashiach. If he doesn't cut his beard, he's not Mashiach. And you go either way on the issue. How is it possible one person is going to show up and unite the people, gather the people? What? Now, I'm not saying that there are lachot about this. The Ramam talks about character, etc. But on a, on a more somewhat serious note is, how will it be possible, you know, the Mashiach is going to come and unite the people? Maybe that's why some people don't like to believe in Mashiach. Because they say it's impossible. With so much fighting amongst the Jewish people, there's no way one person is going to unite them. I mean, we can't believe that. He's going to. The question is, what is he going to possess ultimately that is able to unite the people? I'm going to tie back into that at the end of the class today. Even if he's Sephardic? Even if he's Sephardic, maybe. Who knows? He's a Frank. <laughs> someone's going someone's gonna to find something. You go either way on every issue. You know? Like he said, he keeps Chalav Yisrael. He does not keep Chalav Yisrael. Go, everyone's going to have their, their shitot. Now, in the parasha, we speak about many different kinds of korbanot. But there's essentially two categories. There are korbanot that are called chova, oblig obligatory, obligation. And there's korbanot that are nidava. What's nidava? Donations. Exactly. Okay. Voluntary. Donation. So just as an example, what's a chovah? What's an example of a korban that's a chovah? Korban tamid. Korban tamid, that's true. Or a korban chatat. 
right? Koban tamid is brought twice a day. You have to bring. You're required to do it. That is only if you right. sin. If a person sins, he is obligated to bring a sin offering. Specific conditions. It has to be a sin that if he did it on purpose, he would be chayav karet. So then bishogeg, by mistake, he brings the korban chatat. That's obligation. Obligatory. There's other korbanot that are voluntary. Nidava. So what are examples of nidava? Shlamim. Ola. Which means a person can promise or pledge to bring a korban ola, korban shlamim. And that becomes a voluntary offering. Now because he pledged it, he's chayav to bring it. But it wasn't something that he was automatically chayav to bring. He pledges. Now regarding korban shlamim, there's a fascinating discussion about this korban shlamim. What is a korban shlamim? Right? So the psukim tell us actually. The psukim tell us what is a korban shlamim. Let me find it here. First it talks about Ola, then it talks about Mincha, and then it talks about Shlamim. Oh. So Koban Shlamim, there are three options what you can bring as Koban Shlamim. Uh, one second. Yeah. What are the three options? You could either bring a bull or a goat, a sheep or a goat. Three options that you could bring. Differing halachot, but they're pledge offerings, voluntary offerings. Now, the word shlamim, what does it come from? The word shlamim. Oh. Complete. Complete. So let's you think for a second. Completely. No, shlamim is not burnt completely. Ola. Ola is burnt completely. Ola is kalil. Kalil tiyeh, completely burnt. Shlamim is specifically not, and I'll explain to you why it's specifically not in a minute. Shlamim comes from two potential words. The shoresh, shin, Lamid Mem. So Shalem, which could mean complete or whole. Right? What could it also come from? What? No, no, no. No, no, no. That's the other part of it. The Shoresh, Shin Lamid Mem. It could either mean Shalem, which is complete, or what else could it mean? Shalom. Shalom. The Shoresh could mean Shalom, which is peace. Peace. Okay. So Rashi explains that the word Shlamim comes from the word Shalom. Why does it come from the word shalom? So Rashi explains the reason it comes from the word shalom is because it creates peace. The korban shlamim creates peace. How does it create peace? So he says on a spiritual level, when you bring a korban shlamim, you create peace in the world. But he says on a practical level, there's something unique, special about korban shlamim. You see, some korbanot, there's, there's, sorry, there's three potential people or items that can eat from the korban shlamim. From, from the korban, korbanot in general. There's the owners, there's the koanim, and then there's some parts that are burnt on the mizbeach. Some korbanot don't have all three. Shlamim, the owners eat some of it, the koanim eat some of it, and some of it is burnt on the mizbeach. So therefore, says Rashi, it comes from the word shalom, because it creates peace, because everybody gets to enjoy some of it. Therefore, the word shalom is appropriate for korban shlamim. Okay, that's how Rashi explains. Shlamim is from the word shalom. Everybody enjoys it. Everyone's invited to the barbecue. Beautiful. Everyone gets a, It's a different part, obviously. Everyone gets a different part. Fine. Comes the Ramban, and the Ramban says, no, Shlamim does not come from the word shalom, peace, but rather from the word shalem, which means complete, or wholehearted, if you want to say it like that. How does the Ramban explain? He says... See, unlike other korbanot that you're obligated, you're chayav to bring, there, it doesn't necessarily come from a place of wholehearted donation. You did a sin, you have to bring a korban. There's no 
dedication. There's no showing of wholehearted nature with Hashem. But says the Ramban, when it comes to the Shlamim, this is a person just because he loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just to show his thanks to Hashem, his appreciation for what Hashem does for him, he dedicates himself to bring a special Korban Shlamim. So this is from the language of Shalem. He's wholehearted. He's complete with Hashem. It's almost like similar to Tamim, a little bit in a certain way. He's wholehearted with Hashem, and because of that we call it Shlamim. Out of the love in his heart for Hashem, the wholehearted, complete love of Hashem in his heart, he wants to dedicate a Shlamim for HaKadosh Baruch So bottom line, we have Rashi's interpretation. Shalem comes from Shlamim comes from the word Shalom. It creates peace because the owners eat some of it, the Kohanim eat some of it, the Mizbeach consume some of it. And then we have Ramban who says it comes from the word Shalem. Meaning complete. He has a total, wholehearted dedication to Hashem. He wasn't Chayav and he dedicated himself to bring it. Now, in Hebrew, whenever you have two words that come from the same, the same Shoresh, the same root word, there has to be a connection between the two ideas. Meaning, Unlike other languages, which could be just random, arbitrary, Ashona Kodesh is very specific. Right? Some, I think Rav Hirsch even goes as so, as, so far to say, even if two of the letters of the Shoresh are the same, there has to be a connection. But where three of the letters, the actual root is the same, certainly there's a connection between the two rules, or the two words. So in this case, outside of Shlamim for a second, <coughs> how do we understand the connection between the idea of shalom, of peace, and the idea of shalem, which is whole or complete. What is the connection between these two ideas? They're the same shoresh, they have to be connected. And if you can understand that, perhaps it'll give us a nice understanding also what a korban shlamim really accomplishes as well. That's the question we're going to deal with. So what is the connection between shalom and shalem? Peace? and completedness or wholeness. What's the connection between these two ideas? What do you, what do you want to say? Matame. When you have peace, everything is complete. You, That's true. That's true. That's true. Or when everything is complete, it's little to... All right, as you go both ways. Right. So you said that there is a connection between them, the two, right? Has to be. So sound, like, it, it looks like basically once the, the Kohen and the person that give him, bringing the offering are in peace, okay, they're leading to something that they can complete the Klaxlev. Yeah. Right. Because the idea is to bring something from your heart, mm -hmm. to sacrifice it, mm -hmm. just because it's an endava. Right. To, to make shalom between Am Israel. Mm -hmm. And once there is a shalom, it, it's leading us to get complete. Amen. Amen. A shlemut. You don't have to, but what yeah. I think is if you don't have a peace, you cannot do things completely. Beautiful. It's always there is something that is not in peace. So how can you do something completely? That happens only when you are in peace. 100%. So the Gemara tells us why is the bracha of Shalom, the last bracha in Yamida? Right? The Gemara in Yudhira. 
Sim Shalom. Why is it the last bracha? Right, the Lokan Yitzor was added on at some point. Because if you don't have peace, all the other blessings are, are meaningless. Peace is the kli, it's the vessel that contains everything. Meaning, you could have all the other things, but if you don't have peace, to a certain degree, everything's lacking. So peace is a very important thing. Peace, we look forward in Mashiach, peace. How do we accomplish peace? How do we succeed in bringing real shalom? By the way, you look around the world and you probably can get 15 answers, 20 or 30 answers to this. How are we going to create world peace? Go ask every political leader, you'll get different answers and different opinions. But what's the Torah's approach? How do we accomplish peace ultimately? Peace in the Middle East, like they say, which is, uh, I don't know, that's a pipeline. But, you know, peace. How are we going to accomplish Yeah. So let's start the other way for a second, yeah. and then we'll tie back in. What is the opposite then of peace? Right? What's going to be the opposite that is unfortunately the reality that caused Galut, that caused their exile, War. that causes, what is it? Sinat Chinam. We know that what destroyed the Beit HaMikdash was Sinat Chinam, hatred, right? baseless hatred. In, in, inter-hatred. What does that, it mean? Why are people hating each other? Is the point that all of this comes when the Mashiach comes? Hopefully, hopefully. So good things, the good things. No, so let's see. Let's speak. Let's speak about it. Maybe together we'll figure yeah, it out. No, let's really. see. But look what's God going willing, on now. Hopefully today. What is going on? It's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. Why is there Sinat Chinam? Rabbi, you know what I heard once? Wait, wait. There is a question when Esav will stop hate Yaakov. Somebody told me something clever. When Yaakov will stop hate Yaakov. 100%. The greatest anti-Semites are Jews. It's first of all coming from us. In order for us to, to be strong, we are all agoim. So let me tell you. If you want to fix something, fix yourself. If we are What's the idea here? What's the idea? Peace. And sin'ah, which is the opposite. Hatred causes galut, causes exile. The opposite, it causes us to go into exile. Let's say I look at, let's take Ashkenazim, let's take it, I, I, I don't mind using that as the example. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah. it's like black people can make fun of black people, you know what I mean? Let's say, me as an Ashkenazi, let's say, it's not, Mamash not true, but let's say, I looked at Ashkenazim and I said, these are the real Jews. Now, I'm not talking about black people. No, no, I'm not getting to that argument already. Let's say, these are the real Jews. Everybody else is pasuk. Everybody else is, not, is invalid. Let's say I looked at it that way, right? What's the, what's the real issue with what I'm doing? What's the real underlying problem? Discrimination? Not just discrimination. What's the problem, ultimately? Can we complete Hashem's mission in the world with such a mentality? The answer is no. Why is it obviously no? Obviously no, without a question. Why is it obviously no? Because you're not with an open And let's, heart. Say, let's say I say like this also, you know, in my mind, how's Mashiach going to look? Everyone's going to be Ashkenazi. Is that a mistake? Vadai, it's a mistake. But I only look at uh, Ashkenazim as valid Jews. So I look at Mashiach, it's going to be... Why am I? What's the major mistake that I'm making? Because we all uh, Hashem More than that, more, 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 more. For sure, that's true, but yeah. more. Because how do we? You know? have a car. You have a car, right? right? Now, imagine the car is made up entirely of tires, 
Okay? The good tires. But there's no radiator, there's no engine, there's no hood, there's no seats. It's just a stack of tires. Is that going to move? It's not a car. Right? Okay, even let's say the entire thing's engines. It's not a car. So it's the same thing true with Avodat Hashem. What does it mean? Every group, I'm talking about groups, really this goes down to the individual, but let's talk about groups for a second. Every group of Jews, whether that's Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, Chabad, Hasidim, whatever, Nachman, you want to say, whatever you want to say. Every group that fits in, again, in the Dalit Shulchan Aruch, it has to fit in Talachai. Not somebody who just goes and does crazy stuff. Somebody that's you know, doing... There's something that they're blessed with. There's some skill set they're given that only they can accomplish that no other group can accomplish. So if I say... All the Jews should be Ashkenazim, that's what's going to happen in the days of Mashiach. Essentially what I'm saying is, Avodat Hashem will not be complete. Because, yeah, it's true, Ashkenazim can do wonderful things, that's true. But there's certain things they cannot do. Certain things, maybe they're not as talented in regards to, and other groups need to accomplish that. The only way to have complete Shalem, to have complete Avodat Hashem, the overall successful service of Hashem, is when every group of Jews understands what are my skills that I'm particularly good at, that I'm particularly talented in, and how can I contribute that to the overall service of Hashem? And in understanding that, they also say, you know, and the skills that the other group possesses, I value. And I look at that with great respect because they're able to do things I cannot do, and I could do things that they can't do, which means our skills complement each other in terms of the overall service of Hashem, and that's how you accomplish at, you accomplish shleimut, overall successful service of Hashem. But when I look at it as, and I'm talking about even Ashkenazim now, but let's say I look at my shul, right? my, my club, my uh, all men's club, my boys club. right? This is my club and it's disconnected. I don't care about what goes on with the rest of the Jewish people. It's the same underlying mistake. You need them and they need you to work together to be avodah b'shleimut, a complete service of Hashem. And without that working together, you will never achieve that. You could be great, you could learn a lot of Torah, you could have a lot of Kavanah, doesn't make a difference. You'll never accomplish overall complete service of Hashem. And therefore, if anybody thinks to themselves, you know, in the future, in Mashiach's times, all Jews are going to be Persian. All Jews are going to be Svaradim. It's a mistake. It's not true. It's just not true. Mashiach will be Svaradim. Fine. Yeah. I don't know if it's related In that case, to us... Well, they're not within the, the Shulchan Aruch, meaning there's certainly, no, by the way, to say, to be fair, there certainly is something they possess inherently that needs to be utilized. The problem is that, that they're, they're misled, so they need to be brought back and then figure out what it is that's unique to them, 100%. You cannot, if they're Jewish, not if they're Goyim, if they're Goyim, it's a different story, but if they're Jewish, there's something that they have to accomplish, even Goyim, by the way. There's something Goyim have to do in Avodat Hashem also. There is something, no question. It's not on the same level of a Jew. You have 613 mitzvot, completely different relationship with Hashem, but they have something that they need to do as well. It's Pashut, they have to do something as well. I yeah. On Sunday, I went to a brick, yeah. Jewish brick, and they are like, what you said, uh, reform. And they had a doctor for brick. That's, yeah. that's okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Hopefully, that would be great, but I don't know if that's what this was. Yeah. Could be a bit of an issue, because I don't know if they'd know exactly how to do it in the proper way. He just did it. 
Yeah. What is a Milah? Right. If you remember, it could be he didn't do it properly either. I, I, don't, I don't know. See, in these situations, call Mati. Like, have, have somebody who's... It's, it's worth it to just slip it in, figure it out. Tell him he's a doctor. <laughs> what is this point? The point is like this, is that to really accomplish the shalom that will be in the days of Mashiach, everybody has to understand what their place is and dedicate and dedicate their skills and abilities for the overall successful mission of Avodat Hashem. By the way, and I want to point this out, if every separate group thinks they can do everything by themselves, that creates fighting. Why does that create fighting? Because essentially, I'm stepping in your territory, and you're stepping in my territory. It creates conflict. It creates conflict. If I think I'm you and you're me, and we're doing the same thing, trying to override each other, that is machloket. That is sinat chinam. That creates hatred. It's only when I understand, no, there's things you could do that I cannot do. There's things that I can accomplish that you cannot accomplish. Then things, like you just said, synchronized. Yes. Things can actually work together, and we all get along with each other. If I think I can do everything by myself, and I don't need you, and you think you could do everything by yourself, that creates conflict. Each one's stepping on the other one's territory. And that does not accomplish shalom. Having shleimut, meaning understanding that I'm a piece of the overall puzzle in service of Hashem, ultimately brings shalom. Meaning understanding that there's this complete picture that I fit into and I need to dedicate my skills to. And therefore I respect every other part of that puzzle who also is, is needed for the overall successful avodat Hashem. That will bring shalom. So practically what does that mean? Practically what that means on a very practical level now is that it's true. You know, I was born Ashkenazi, and therefore I have to follow Ashkenazi tradition and do my best with that. But not for a second, chas v'shalom, should I denigrate any other group of Jews based on the fact that they were born Persian, Syrian, or Moroccan. It doesn't make a difference. Meaning, not only is it wrong, it's foolish. Because when doing that, what am I, what am I doing, basically? I'm saying, I don't need them. But I do need them. That's the point. It's foolish. It's not true. So to say that, you know, in the days of Mashiach, everyone's going to be Ashkenazi, it's foolish. No. Everybody will continue doing what they're doing with their minagim, and that will accomplish the overall avodat Hashem. So for one minute, I'm not able to say, I don't need them. That's just foolish. The opposite, I have to respect what they... And by the way, I can learn from them too. Because there's certain things they're better at than I'm, for sure, without question. No question. And I can learn from them. Now, we can take it to a personal level also, because this idea certainly is related to the personal, which is, on a personal level... Every individual also has skills and abilities that no one else has. So as an individual also, I have to think to myself, do a cheshbon nefesh do a calculation in my head. What is it that I can contribute to the overall service of Hashem, whether it's individually, in the community, that no one else is doing, that no one else is able to do, that only I can accomplish, and then I should do that. I should, Because then I'm fulfilling the overall avodat Hashem with my personal service. Just to finish up here, Mashiach, right, is going to come. I don't know if he's going to be Sephardi, Ashkenazi, or Chabad. I have no idea. But what I do know is, I think, what he will be is somebody who understands that every Jew and every group of Jews has validity. And therefore values each group individually for what they bring to the table. He's able to highlight what the Ashkenazim bring and really what every individual brings, thereby able, being able to create the overall Avodat Hashem like it's really supposed to be Bishlemuta, in its completion. That's what he's going to be. It's not going to be somebody who says, this group is Pasu. That, that's, that's not going to happen. 
So therefore, even if somebody's you know great in Torah and Mitzvot, but he you know cuts off groups, he, that, that's not a thing. Mashiach is going to be somebody that includes everyone, highlighting what it is that makes them special. Chabad will do the kiruv. We're not concerned about that. That's for sure, without question. <laughs> no question. But in the end of the day, that's that's Mashiach's going to be. The shalom that is created will be where everyone understands I have an individual and a, and a communal mission nobody else can do. That creates shalom. The shleimut that that brings, brings ultimately to shalom, to peace. And Mashiach is going to appreciate and highlight the power and the strength in every Jew and every group as well, what they contribute. And this will create shalom. Bezat Hashem, Shenizkeh, we should be zolcheh. As we approach now tonight, Chodesh Tov, everybody, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, we should be zolcheh to the month of Geulah. Amen. Bezat Hashem, we should be zolcheh to the Geulah. Amen. Amen. Amen.